This is the Blaze Radio On Demand. In the next 19 seconds, you could sell your home. Okay, it's, I mean, it's not going to sell your home, I mean, this, but it, you're going to take a big step toward getting it sold. Go to realestateagentsitrust.com and find an agent selected by my team, a professional who shares your values and speaks the truth. Sell your home fast and for the most money. Get moving at realestateagentsitrust.com. Best and brightest, latest to the microphone ever. But as you could see, at the microphone. Excelsior. know <laughs> these days it's uh difficult and so i may abandon it it's difficult to talk about certain things without becoming emotional and one of those things is sitting next to me here Esya kirsten fiel uh known as Esya. he is my uh Uh, my dog, uh, one of my several dogs, but we're twins. We're joined at the hip. I can't go two feet away. He doesn't go with me. And I do curse myself for any time I may ever have said, oh, you know, quit being a pain in the ass. Stop doing that. And now I realize... Every time I see him, I go over and hug him. He's here right now. Esha, I know you can't say hi, but you would, right? I know you would because you're my best boy. Uh, He's been with me a long time. He's named after a massif outside of Reykjavik that I have several times climbed. And almost each time I climbed it, it killed me which explains why I continued to climb it. Uh, And I'm not sure I can say I ever climbed it once without negative episode. But that's not why you're here, Uh, me and my dog. Is it? 1-888-900-3393. One triple eight nine hundred three three nine three. The Blaze Radio Network. Do call. Love to hear from you, as ever. Well, in case you're wondering, speaking of other animals, that lame duck, Obama, is busy, busy, busy on something anyway. After. Yesterday, welcoming into the United States 10,000 Syrian refugees, utterly without checking, absolutely without knowing who they are, and 
utterly certain that some of them are uh, Islamists who are going to kill us. Obama showed you, showed you stupid morons who voted for him. And if you voted for him, you are a stupid moron. I'm sorry. We can all make mistakes. We can all make apologies. If you didn't see Obama coming, you should never have had the vote. What were you doing voting if you voted for Obama? What were you doing voting if you voted for that piece of shite? You don't know he's a communist. You don't know he's a Muslim. You don't know he's an enemy of the Constitution of the United States. Do you know now? Do you know now? Forgive me. I just... I... This is a guy with a more than 50% approval rating. And he has done more to pervert and ruin the United States of America, than any president we could ever have imagined in the history of our republic. He is an agent. He is the Manchurian candidate. He is the domestic enemy of the United States that the founding fathers, in their wisdom and foresight, thought of. He's not American. He's not an American. He's an enemy of this country. Sorry if that strikes anybody is too uh, said too strongly. It's my opinion. Look at where he's left us. This morning I listened to a detailed rundown from two continents about what Vladimir Putin is doing. Next month, Vladimir Putin is going to hold the first ever joint naval operation exercises with China in the South China Sea. They are forming a pact, a mutual uh, uh, defense pact, so that anyone, and again, if you begin to understand the percentage of trade that goes through the South China Sea, how important the lanes are of the South China Sea, how important to the American economy, if, if, if our big boats with cars on them and different things are held up, what that costs, the job people get fired, they lose their homes, they commit suicide, they... And no one cares. No one cares. But now the Soviets are having joint pacts with the Chinese in the South China Seas. What else is uh, Russia doing? Russia is also spending more of its GDP on military equipment, a lot of its cyber space equipment, than anything we dream of. What else is Putin doing? Putin is sending... Icebreakers, he now has a fleet of 22 nuclear state-of-the-art icebreakers. You know how many icebreakers we have? One. 
It was built in 1956. Putin is sending icebreakers into the Antarctic to break up all that territory and create sea lanes because 40% of the world's oil supply, 40% of the world's oil supply lay beneath those cold waters north of Mother Russia. He who controls the sea lanes controls that oil. And in 20, 30, 40 years, he who controls half of the oil existing in the world, that doesn't require explanation, does it? What else is Putin doing? Putin is rolling east. He's got thousands of troops on the verge of eastern states and before your next birthday, uh, Putin is going to take Estonia, which is the bigger the dam because did you see those Estonian, the, did you see the Estonian Olympic team? Were those girls, girls pretty or what? We're not just talking territory here. No, seriously, uh, Putin is going to take Estonia. You know why he's going to take Estonia? He's going to take Estonia, Estonia when you're walking down the street, Estonia when you're going to get something to eat, Estonia when you're listening to me. So listen, you know why he's taking Estonia? Not because there's other than the blondes, there's nothing there that he needs. What he needs to do by taking Estonia is breaking the back of NATO, breaking the will of NATO. Putin's going to break the will of NATO. First of all, he's going to have these exercises in Moss with these enormous ships, far greater than ours, with China in the South China Sea. They're going to establish that nobody, nobody effing with the South China Sea. Nobody but them. So they're going to control everything around China. Think of China. Think of China to the uh, southwest, south, southeast. No one's going anywhere in the world, anywhere in the South China Sea, Indonesia Sea, anyone near Bangladesh, anywhere over there, anywhere without China and Korea. Okay, now he's going to break uh, NATO's back by taking Estonia because he knows he can. Because he knows we have a non-un-American president who has laid out the welcome mat. And when Putin takes Estonia, he will be spitting in the face of NATO and the United States and saying, hey, hey, Estonia is a member of NATO. Well, what are you going to do about it? What are you going to do? I'm taking her. What are you going to do about it? And if Obama is still there... He'll say, don't bother me right now. I'm busy issuing uh, uh, pardons to lifetime criminals. This is Jay Severin on the Blaze Radio Network.
in the next 19 seconds, you could sell your home. Okay, it's, I mean, it's not going to sell your home, I mean, this, but it, you're going to take a big step toward getting it sold. Go to realestateagentsitrust.com and find an agent selected by my team, a professional who shares your values and speaks the truth. Sell your home fast and for the most money. Get moving at realestateagentsitrust.com. This is the Jay Severin Show on the Blaze Radio Network. 1-888-900-3393. 1-888-900-3393, mates. My partners, my family. Lame Duck Obama, busy, busy, busy on some things, as I mentioned a moment ago. Uh, today, he released 111 prisoners, lifers, felons, lifers, lifers, you know, dangerous people. Today, Obama released, catch and release, we spent millions, millions, millions of dollars to to catch. And Obama today for free released 111 lifers, 111 lifers from maximum security prisons, all serving lifetime terms, all dangerous folks, as you might imagine. And I thought this would help place it in perspective this means obama has pardoned more felons released more lifers more criminals from jail than the last 10 american presidents put together say this again because it's something you'll remember and you can mention it to your friends and enemies As of today, Obama has pardoned, let loose from jails, more lifetime felons than the last 10 American presidents put together. Woohoo! Good job there. Um, Gee, what do I do here? Uh, I thought I would mention something else which I heard, and it's not the... uh, My final word on Putin, by the way, and I'm sorry, I'm jumping around. My final word on Putin is, this is all stuff that that, uh, Obama allowed to to do, you know? And when Putin finally uh, breaks the back of, of NATO by taking Estonia, and NATO does nothing, and we do nothing... I also understand that Putin right now is trying to broker a peace deal with Israel because he sees that our, you know, Israel wants to survive. Israel likes the United States, but they love self-preservation. They love, they like us, but they love life. And now having gone through a couple of presidencies that don't give a shite whether Israel lives or dies, Putin is now negotiating with Israel to become her protector in the Middle East. 
Russia is also making deals with every Sunni tribe nation in the Middle East to give them arms, missiles, planes, and build nuclear reactions uh, reactors for them. If these things come to fruition, and you're imagining in your mind a map, do you know what that map looks like for your children in 10 years? 10 years. It means that Russia controls the world. Russia will have weakened, if not broken, the uh, traditional ties, transatlantic ties between us and NATO. NATO will see that when Russia takes Estonia and we do nothing, because they're accustomed to doing nothing except calling on us. They, they call 911, which is us. If we don't do anything, and under Obama we certainly won't, under Clinton we certainly won't, when they weaken the transatlantic ties between USA and, uh, and Europe, Eastern Europe, and they proceed on their way of recreating that old Baltic state prophylactic, Poland, Estonia, all these countries that stand as a prophylactic between Europe and Mother Russia. That's what Putin is after. That's what Putin's doing. That's what Putin's going to get. Meanwhile, they are spending out the wazoo to create ships, airplanes. If, if, if I could tell you a fraction of a brief I received four days ago from someone... Uh, classified and in a position to know. The reason that China doesn't fight a war with us right now is they're not entirely sure they would know what to do with us once they took us over. Once they took us over. Russia's not sure whether to fight a war with us or when because they're not sure what to do with us once they took us over. And they would, my friend says. My friend who holds a, the highest possible security clearance in the Department of Defense says, if Americans had any idea the nature of the weaponry that China has right now, they, if we fought China, it would be as if we were fighting China with our very best, uh, our very best Navy of World War II. God bless them. But the very best ships we have of World War II would get within firing distance of Chinese silkworm missiles, and our entire fleet would go down. Not one American boat would be left on the surface. Not one American sailor would be alive. We wouldn't have landed one single bullet on the Chinese. Their technology is now such, and they have loaned this technology to Iran. So if there's a fight in the Straits of Hormuz, everyone saw these films this week of 
these little gnats, these little gunboats, little PT boats, aggravating our uh, destroyer. And we said, Jesus, crumbs, why don't we just, come on, like, you know, fire off the six or eight inch guns, whatever they are. Let's blow these little gnats out of the water. It's exactly what they want because they too are now equipped with silkworm missiles and they can blow American boats out of the water from wherever they happen to be. This goes across military services, by the way. Jay Severin, the Blaze Radio Network. On the Blaze Radio Network. We, you and I, partners, and Jay, Severin, that is, we are. The Blaze Radio Network. For right now, we are the Blaze Radio Network. No one else can make the claim. I feel good about that. I hope you do. Excelsior! So, you know, not to get all serious on you or anything, but I mention these things because I have been hearing them and studying them the last couple days, and it occurs to me that there is something bigger, wider, ultimately perhaps more important than the domestic issues we discuss. And one of those is that Putin, through a series of Various moves I've just described, and I don't know anything. You know, you have to talk to somebody who knows something about this stuff. Um, I, I just, I, I know more than the average bear. And what I know, I know owing to briefings from lifelong friends in State Department, stuff like that. But Putin has set about a strategy to reform Mother Russia and to be the world, not only a world leader, but he saw in, he could sit down and see realistically what many of us cannot. He sat down and looked at the direction of the United States, looked at the kinds of people we are right now. Do you know people going to Russian universities don't get safe zones because of things that might offend them? Oh, does this offend you? Good. Go dig coal for 80 years. Russian students are really glad 
to be students. And you know what they're learning? They're not studying slavery poetry. Uh, they're not studying women's issues. Mm-mm. They're studying nuclear science. They're studying jet propulsion. And as a result, universities are turning out people ready to go to work uh, at least, you know, uh, alongside the scientists who are creating the things that are making, remaking the world. We are not. We are Rome in its final days. Our universities are shite. Our young people are shite. They are soft. They are stupid. They are uh, not patriotic. We, the number of people we have at MIT and Caltech and other places that can help us is minuscule compared to the people that Soviet Union has. And Putin has decided, and it just the, the, the lesson on this is, you know, there is such a thing as American policy other than voter ID and you know, the things I, I admit that we generally talk about. I try to talk about the things we can do something about by voting for people right away, you know, locally kind of thing or complaining about it. But this is why we have a thing called a continuity of foreign policy. And we no longer do. The United States is a shallow, hollow giant of what it was at the end of World War II. And Russia and China read it, followed it, understand it. And they're making all the moves so that I'm not saying they're going to attack us. Uh, (laughs) I'm not saying they're going to attack us. What I'm saying is when they control all of the shipping lanes and all of the energy and all of Europe, and there's nothing we can do, there's not dick we can do about anything, well, they're just going to tell us. There's not dick you can do about anything. So here's how it's going to be. We're not going to like the way it's going to be, but it's the way it's going to be. I'm not saying we all be marching around, you know, in... in uh, in Mao hats, but I mean, in terms of controlling our economy, our jobs, the way that the, almost everything is done, it, once the economy is established, that's how, you know, the colleges follow and everything else. We're in great danger. I mean, since World War II, we have been absolutely adrift in foreign policy, more or less. And certainly have we during the eight years. And w- when, not if, when, Hillary serves her eight years as president, followed by eight years of another Democrat president, then the Soviet Union will have, and China will have everything it wants. So, uh, just uh, uh, to uh, cheer us all up at the top of the show, there's that. Then there is... I think I'll wait for the other one tomorrow. I had another one, which is really not very cheery. I, I think. <laughs> uh, how about Trump to Mexico today? How about Donald Trump decided to fly? He was offered an invitation, and like a you know a crude house guest at the Hamptons, when someone says you must visit us uh, again sometime, and you say, "All right, how about next weekend again?" 
Mexico said to Trump, you really, you really must drop in when you're in the neighborhood. And Trump said, well, I can be there Wednesday. And anyway, so Trump is in Mexico. And it, by all measures, precedes uh, his, his planning for the major immigration speech he tonight plans to give. Now, the speech had better be really, really major because a lot of people believe this election is over. And that to the extent uh, Trump ever had a chance, he has bled the chance away from himself largely in the last two weeks by his immigration stance. And we've talked about this since then, uh, during the period, and we know that you know when a politician chooses a signal, a signature issue, and says, "I'm running on this," you know, "I'm running on peace," or "I'm running on war," or whatever it is, when you choose a signal issue, buddy, you got it, and the, that's it. The wall, build the wall, immigration. That's how Trump got into the race. That's how Trump stays in the race. That's how Trump wins the race. Well, today, today, the National Review did a cover story in which they did extensive analysis of the Electoral College and the various routes Trump might have to success, uh, Clinton as well in the Electoral College. And the response, uh, conclusion of the National Review is not complicated. And that is, as of today, we see no plausible path to an Electoral College victory for Donald Trump. Cannot win. Out of it. Gone. Loser. Dead. Dead meat. Dead moose. Gone. Which is why I can tell you that we're going to see a series of Hail Mary passes from the Trump campaign. Today's visit to old Mexico may be one of them, but he's going to have to put the ball up a lot. This is going to look like the Air Coriel, you know, the West Coast defense, the West Coast offense, Dan Fouts, Air Coriel. I mean, I'm gonna, they're going to throw on every down. They're going to have to, have to. Again, everything I see here, even Hillary's attitude, is that she has adopted a Rose Garden strategy. And I know what you're saying. That's to to surround yourself with a lot of pricks. That's, That's true, but that's not what I meant. The Rose Garden strategy, of course, whether or not run by an incumbent means you kind of withdraw and run a totem campaign because you believe you're winning. And the worst thing you can do is lose. So I mean, if you know you do nothing, you'll win. So why go out just for giggles and engage? Because you go out and get stabbed in one of these jousting matches. Why do that? You know, avoid everything you can. Stay home. Issue statements. Run from the Rose Garden, uh, as it was uh, uh, once conjured. Hillary Clinton is running with a strong five-point national lead. I know we don't have national elections, but the way that's translating when you distill it is that there isn't a single battleground state uh, 
that Trump can afford to lose if, if he's going to win. And right now, there's not a single battleground state in which Donald Trump is ahead. Jay Severin on the Blaze Radio Network. Jay Severin Show, only on the Blaze Radio Network. And only with my partners, 1-888-900-3393, the first of whom is Scott Tay from Boston. Hey, good afternoon, Jay. How are you today? What's up, buddy? Uh, all right, not much. I'm going to touch a little bit on Trump, his speech, and I'm even going to throw Gary Johnson into this call if I could. Today. You have, I know you, and you have no idea what you're about to talk about, and neither do I. Okay, um, but comment on what you said earlier. It is. It's disgusting how China, Russia, and Iran are all strengthening their positions in the world. Meanwhile, right. Obama is, what, cutting our military and too worried about bringing in uh, 10,000 Syrians. Unvetted, uh, completely unknown, and I liked your call to the Damascus DMV the other day. I did hear that. That was pretty funny. Um, <laughs> can you tell me anything about Aqsa? Well, what do you mean? Anything. Anything other than the fact that it's a male. Uh, well, tell me about Mr. Muhammad. I am Mr. Muhammad, yes? No, no, I mean Ahmed, Ahmed Muhammad. I am Ahmed, Ahmed Muhammad, yes? It's, 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 it's ridiculous. You don't laugh, we'll cry, yeah. And do you remember a couple months ago I called up and I said to you that uh, Hillary is so self-defeatable, Trump, we made the sports analogy, just had to play tire golf. Well, like you were just saying, tire golf, no more. Time to rip out the driver and try to make it in two. You're right. He needs to attack her more. What, I, what bothers me about the emails is that it's taking attention away from Benghazi, which, in my opinion, is much more detrimental to her eligibility to be president than emails. I mean, granted, they're comparable, and now they're even running together. But I expect him to pound that in the debate, Benghazi. And just well, you know, you know that the, the 30 brand-new, new, new, brand-new, new emails yeah. the FBI found today are all about Benghazi. And mm-hmm. we don't know yet what they say, and we may know by tomorrow. Yet, in terms of people caring... Um, Hillary Clinton gave a speech, which I ow, I watched today to the American Legion. And, Scott, it made me sick to my stomach to see her in front of the American Legion. But I watched, and one of her lines was, she gave, she gave a Republican speech. She cross-dressed as a Republican in front of the American Legion. She didn't say, she mentioned, you know one of her uh, heroes that she mentioned? Ronald Reagan. Wow. I bet you vomited. It was was sickening. And the sickening most thing of all was in the middle was when she said, I would never disrespect or mistreat gold star mothers or fathers. Mm. And Scott? Gross. Mm. I don't know what's wrong with Americans, but if 99% of us did not immediately flash back to her standing over the coffins of those seals coming back from Benghazi and 
lying to the parents about what happened and then later denying and saying, well, they, the parents were upset. They, they didn't know what they were hearing. It made me weep. And, and it made me weep because nobody cares. And you know what, though, Jay? I, I'm, I'm still holding out hope. Much like when the paths are down, which they rarely are, but you still think, wait, there's always a chance. I still think there's a chance for Trump, and here's one of my main reasons. Unlike us and all of our listeners who follow this since, what, last April, I'm talking 14 months ago, a lot of the American citizens, the ones that are going to vote, they're not paying as close attention yet as they're going to. We're still 65 days out. I think the debates are going to get a lot of people involved more than they would be. They're not political junkies like us. And I think I I still see Trump gaining on her. I think she's only going to go up and she's only going to go down as election day gets closer. As long as, I, and remember I, who we're dealing hoping, with, Hillary. I'm hoping, as you do, as we've discussed, that a nation, 65, 70% of its voters who say, this nation is off on the wrong track, we need substantial change, how they could ever vote for an Obama third term via Hillary. This is Jay Severin on the Blaze Radio Network. I am Jay Severin. You are the best and brightest. We are together. The Trump. Did I say Trump? How about that? Calling Dr. Freud. Calling Dr. Freud. We are the Blaze Radio Network. Wow. I'm going to take years of care to expunge that. Excelsior. Welcome back, best and brightest. That's the first time in more than four years, and that's just here, but uh, first time here I've ever blown the call letters. And, uh, gee, I apologize. I, it's, it's, it's certainly not. And believe me, certainly not the Trump Radio Network. It is the Blaze Radio Network. I am Jay Severin, 1-888-900-3393. one 3393 Nine three, Donald Trump is in Mexico right now. I think that's just pretty funny on its own. But the uh, Presidente invited him, and he jumped on it, and he went, which is probably smart. Now, anything can happen. You know, there are actually Republicans predicting he's going to get off his plane tonight, holding up a big check that says payable to the United States of America, you know, $1 billion for wall. (laughs) You know, people who do think that. Uh, And if anyone could pull it off, I suppose Trump could. But I I don't really expect that's going to happen to you. Then there is this happening today as a prelude to 
Trump's major immigration speech tonight, and he, oh, God, he desperately needs one. I cannot think of anything that has stalled the Trump campaign nor uh, better landed to the notion that Trump is no longer Trump, you know, for his core supporters, than the uh, dippity-doo he has been playing with the question of immigration the last couple of weeks. So tonight, he intends to give a major address and claims he will uh, wipe out all those questions and that we'll have a definitive notion of uh, his immigration policy. As of this moment, here's how I understand it. Having studied everyone who speaks for him in the last two weeks and having watched it again and again and yet again, taking notes. Okay. Immigration. When Donald Trump announced... He said, we're going to build a wall. We're going to build it 30 feet higher. We're going to make Mexico pay for it. Um, We're going to get everybody here who's criminal out. And there will be a golden door left in the middle for people to come in, uh, depending on their status and if they've proven themselves and all of that. Okay, that's what we heard. As of today, immigration policy per Trump, what does it mean? What what are the elements? And I want you, please, 1-888-900-3393. one 3393 Tell me if you think I've got the elements wrong, which isn't easy because I won't get them wrong. But that same number enables you to answer the question, If he softens on which one of these, are you out of there? Because that's the real question, it seems to me. The elements are, we're going to build a wall. Now, what I'm not yet entirely sure, no, wait, mark me down as entirely sure, that most Americans intending to vote for Trump do not understand do not understand that there is some, you know, modicum of hyperbole built into that. We're not building a wall. We have 2,000 miles of border. We're not building a wall. Trump's not building a wall. That doesn't mean he's not going to keep his promise. It doesn't mean he will, but... We're not building. We we ain't building no wall. And the Mexicales ain't paying for it. I can tell you that. Although that, by the way, I'm not sure about that. Um, We do so much trade with them that I'd be totally unsurprised if uh, a President Trump could slap some kind of invisible tariff on our goods. And, you know, after a month or two, fly down to Mexico and show the president the uh, net tax bill, you know, what, what Americans saved, and it would say, pay to America $25 million. I, mean, I think that can and will happen under this circumstance. But 
building a bridge. One of the problems is, of course, that everyone believes there is a bridge to be built, like the Golden Gate Bridge or the Brooklyn Bridge. I mean, someone's, someone's going to build a structure that's going to go from coast to coast and going to be impregnable. That just simply is not true. Not because we couldn't do it. We could do it. But it would be the single most expensive public project ever undertaken in the United States. And I don't, th- I don't care who wins. We're not going to do that. And what's more, we don't need to do it. Because the one wiggle room I'm permitting Trump in all this is the word bridge or wall. You know, we'll build a wall. What I take from that when he says it is we're going to use such technology as we have to construct things, barriers or otherwise. You know, customs offices don't have big walls, but they worked damned well. Okay? That's all I care about. But I think he will distance himself from the idea of a physical wall so long as he can substitute that by explaining to me and you that the wall will be every bit as real and even better than if he built it. That he's talking about, you know, a cyber wall. He's talking about... uh, Same thing we have in immigration. You know, there will be places, there will be offices and barbed wire and cards and dogs. And there will be places, I'm sure, with 30 feet of impregnable fence. But then I'm sure there will be a couple hundred miles here and there with state-of-the-art technology, which alerts us, alerts a drone or a National Air Guard fighter that anybody is within, you know, five miles of the fence. And then we take care of business from there. This notion, though, that there's actually going to be a brick and mortar wall, which is dig proof, jump proof, burrow proof, 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 that's going to run from San Diego to, I don't know, where would it go? Uh, It's not going to happen. And that's okay. In my opinion, when people find that out, they're going to say, all right, all right. I know we can't physically build a wall, but what they do expect is the exact operational equivalent, which can be done and done cheaper. And that is using microwave technology and the other abilities we now have. There is no reason for, there could be a thousand miles of border without a single split rail. You don't need a fence. What you need is look-down radar all the time, and we've got it. And you put up some drones, keep them in the air 24-7, and you've got better and cheaper than a fence. You've got someone coming into this country. You nail them, you kick their ass, and you throw them out. But you see, that's not the big problem. Although it hardly ain't a problem, it's a problem, all right. I mean, it's a problem persuading people who want a wall that there's something just as good but isn't a wall. They ain't going to cotton to that, but you can get them. You can get them to cotton to it. But the next thing is a little more complicated, and we shall 
uh, proffer it here. Jay Severin on the Blaze Radio Network. This is Jay Febrin on the Blaze Radio Network. Welcome back, best and brightest. one 3393 Trump will give a major speech. <laughs> okay, I have to pretend when I say that, but Donald Trump will give a major speech this evening on immigration. And if nothing else, if nothing else, he had better make it possible for me and you to discuss tomorrow what it is he will do. Because nobody knows more about this than I do. And I'm telling you now, I am part, and I don't like this, I am part of a really big group. I don't like being parts of big groups. I'm part of a big group that's ignorant about what Donald Trump will do. I don't know what he'll do. He has been... (laughs) Pardon me. Do pardon me. He's been all over the map about what he'll do. Nobody knows what he'll do. And we're going to discuss that in one way or another in the next uh, few minutes. But uh, first up... uh, uh, Oh, gee, did we lose Stacy? Yeah. All right. We lost Stacy. Let us speak with um, the Solicitor General of the show, Rich from White Plains. Jay, General. What happened to so now? I'm General Rich. What happened to Sir Rich? I was going to call you. You King are still. Jay. You are still Sir Rich, but in addition to your roundtable duties, you have also been hereby accorded the duty of Solicitor General. Okay, I was going to say, have you your armor and lance at the ready for yet (laughs) another joust? Sir Rich, how do you think I make my living for the last 25 years? (laughs) Jousting. I Um, sleep. I sleep. I sleep with the, uh, the, uh, the male, if you would forgive me, and certainly frequently have the javelin at the ready, if you know what I mean. Lance, Lance. Jay, you're talking about this speech, okay? How, how can anyone say that one speech is so important when it's coming from a guy who, when you look up the word vacillate in the dictionary, you see Trump's picture next to it, okay? After a year of flip-flops from a Republican candidate with a liberal history, after listening to a candidate who's taken both sides of every issue, he has the credibility of Chicken Little. And I I will not believe a single (laughs) pre-written, teleprompter-delivered word of that speech. I trust Trump about as far as I can throw his freaking jet. I have a question for you. How did... And again, I... I ask this as an expert. No one knows. I've spent 
30 years more working with the Republican Party on every level, being paid by eating because of them, working with them in Washington three days a week, meetings. Oh, my God, my God, the meetings. Oh, my God. Uh, the ties I had to wear that I would rather not have worn, but I knew that this tie would be too bold for them. Um, all kinds of decisions. Anyway, he beat 17 other Republican uh, jousters. Rich, how did he do that? Well, you know, how, how did he do it? He appealed to the moron vote, as I like to call it. And... Um, <laughs> That you know, I want. I'd like to address the outrage coming from the Trump uh, sycophants. You know, the moron electorate, and specifically uh, Sean Hannity, who believes that it's people like Glenn Beck, Mark Levin, Jonah Goldberg, Ben Shapiro, and countless other real conservatives who won't put away their standards and principles to vote for a Republican nominee who's clearly not a conservative. And if anybody should be upset, it should be those who supported a, a Ted Cruz, a Rand Paul, or a Scott Walker, upset because the moron electorate chose the candidate who polled consistently worse than every other candidate uh, against Hillary. You know, I know Trump supporters are stupid, but I would think they could lead it, at least read and understand polling data. Uh, uh, <clears throat> objection, Your Honor. Yeah. Counsel asks us to presume uh, evidence uh, or, or facts not yet in evidence. I ask him to withdraw the statement. We know Trump voters are morons. Sustained. Counsel yeah. will reword. Well, we're. I can only assume. You know. You know, Jay. For, for, for an entire year, they've had this poll that shows how poorly Trump would do the poorest in a head-to-head against Hillary, okay? But now, the Trump sycophants are yelling at people like me, saying, how can you not vote for Trump? It's like voting for Hillary. Hello? How could you have voted for him with that polling data that you knew about that he would lose to her? I mean... You know, explain that one to me, King Jay. I'm going to allow that one. Yeah, I, 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 I don't know. I, I don't know. I don't know. And I must tell you, in the last few days, as I have watched and reconsidered some of the facts, some of the clips, I'm particularly reminded of the Trump clip in which he openly... Uh, uh, did a physical spastic mockery of a New York Times reporter who has cerebral palsy and spasms. And uh, he got up there and uh, did that on the stage. Uh, Trump did. And it's in a couple of the anti-Trump spots. And I looked at that. And if my children were in the room with me. And they said to me, how could that be a president of the United States? That, you know, are you voting for him, Daddy? What, what do Jay, I what, say? What, what component of Trump can anybody find appealing? You have just uh, alluded to um, how he comports himself, okay? Which is, which is I, you mean, I, I, 
I don't even consider the man an adult. I've never seen anything like it, okay, the, 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 the way he acts. But then there's the policy issues, I mean, which he is on every side of. He, he likes to um, compare himself to Reagan. You know, oh, Reagan was a Democrat before. Hello? Excuse me. No. No, Reagan was a conservative way, years before he was even governor of, of California. Can Trump even tell us that he ever even attended a Tea Party rally? Well, that's it. You know, he said that's it. Second me- that's it. D- David, tell me again, what's our countdown? All right. Okay. We have we have about thirty seconds. Uh, and Rich, you're exactly right. I'm. I. You know. I. I've, I've given up. You're exactly right. I. I. Until I hear a guy conjure, construct, deliver an English sentence on his own live. If he cannot do that, I don't know how he can be. A president of the United States. And when I listen to the geopolitical considerations of Putin and China and these other people. Jay Severin. Excelsior. The Blaze Radio Network. Jay Severin Show on the Blaze Radio Network. And yes, I was just mentioning that uh, you've got to have great legs. Oh, wait, are we back live? Oh, hi. Jay Severin, back with you live here on the Blaze Radio Network. Here, let me just point. Uh, yeah, I was uh, discussing with David uh uh, someone uh, actually a member of royalty, and I really could have my my head removed for uh, doing so. So I ought to be a little more careful. But Lady Jennifer is on the line from the West Coast. Welcome. Hi, Jay. Hey, baby. If hey, I may so up? address you, if I may so in your current status address you. Absolutely. I'm royalty. I can do what I want. <laughs> yeah, but can I? <laughs> well, you're, you are the one that gave us our crowns, so yes. <laughs> well, if I can do anything, I'll be on the next plane. <laughs> How are you doing? I'm, you know, I'm the only human being that catches the flu in August. Not true. That's how I, That's how I am at the moment. To be totally, completely honest. You'll feel better quick. Well, I, I've no doubt that you can aid that process. So I wanted to add on to Rich from Great Plains' comment on, you had asked why, why Trump was able to win the primary. And I think it's because he, he fights dirty and he's the raw gross yucky inside of our darkest <laughs> thoughts I don't doubt that's true but I would contest with Milady why uh, why that may be the 
principal reason. I I think that the, if I may, I think that the principal reason for Trump's uh, success so far with anybody, uh, particularly in the primaries, was that we were so sick of the boo jive that we were getting from the same old, same old politicians that even though this guy was never most people's idea of an ideal president or candidate, they kept rooting for him because he wasn't the same old stuffed shirt horse crap that we were getting out of every other candidate. I suppose that's true. Kind of a... You know, I think he won by being himself. I think there was no one else in the Republican field who did not come out of, you know, I, I could pick the wardrobe for, and I used to have to do this, I could pick the wardrobe for every candidate in the debates against Trump. Think of it. All Brooks Brothers. Dark gray, dark gray, uh, 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 I'm sorry, dark gray, uh, navy red uh, suits, red tie, Possible pattern, but modest. Button-down white shirt, perhaps blue if you want to get really, like, wild. Um, you know, and, and there you go. I, I mean, and, and, and I mean that not as a mockery of wardrobe, but the wardrobe also matched the sameness of the rhetoric. It did. It, it, it's... I guess it's common. We're used to a certain thing to hear in presidential primaries, and he did the opposite. Yeah. He was the skunk at the garden party, and people dug it. (laughs) (laughs) You know, we were, you and I had gone to the same garden party every 4th of July, and we went and said, Do we have to go, Jen? Do we have to go to this? And you said, Jay, we really do. You know, it's our friends. And we would go and we'd go and we'd go and we'd, you know, drink, you know, lemonade and we'd sneak a little gin into it. And it would be, we'd <laughs> want to kill ourselves. It was so boring. And we'd get caught a few times making out, you know, behind the trees and stuff, just trying to figure out a way to amuse ourselves. And then all of a sudden, this guy shows up like Rodney Dangerfield from Caddyshack. <laughs> He is exactly that character. He is exactly. <laughs> and we said, and everyone would say, "Hey, who is that? Get him out of here!" We'd say, "No, let him stay. <laughs> <laughs> let him stay. He's funny." But once he takes over think... the country club. Well, that's the thing. I mean, you know, he's his all things are true as we know in life and the limit. And one of the things is you find a guy like that funny until you find out, hey, you know what he's doing? He's gonna take over the country club and you go, I'm not sure that's a great idea. He was really funny for an afternoon, but then I was drinking pretty heavily, Jen and I were. So we thought it was funny, but I'm not really sure he should be running the country club. Well, he wants to run the country club. I know. <laughs> I, you know, I, I just, I look at, the more I look at him, I don't know. I mean, I love the contest. I love the excitement. 
I love the jousting. I love the excitement of it all. I live for it. But, Jen, when I look at when I look at Trump, and I look at him mocking that that cerebral palsy victim, and when I l- look at him unable to answer, I mean, he really is unable to answer a question in a sentence. I, I mean, the so stuff sure I talked about Putin the at debate. the beginning of the show. This is real stuff. And so, can you imagine, Jen, uh, Milady? Don't mean to be too familiar. <laughs> if, if 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 we were asked to ask him, Milady, okay. Having heard what you heard about uh, Putin today, would you give us a, don't strain yourself, would you give us a 30-second response on the assessment of what Putin is doing, whether you think it represents a threat to us, and if so, what we ought to do about it? Now, you know what's really frightening? I could do that. I wouldn't do it especially well, but I mean, you know, I mean, you know, Buck could do it better. And there are people who could do it way better than Buck. But last I heard, neither Buck nor I are seeking to run the country club. And the fact that like Donald to? Trump, pardon me? Would you like to? I'll vote for you. <laughs> well, thank you. Thank you. I, I don't, I don't, I, I don't think I'd like to take the pay cut. <laughs> Makes sense. Makes sense. Well, no, no, no. I don't, I'm not smart enough. More more scary than the fact that he wouldn't know how to respond is that the fact that Putin is manipulating him already, like, like putty in his hands. Yes. Yes. And Putin's been doing this proxy war for four years, at least publicly. And so he's setting things up just perfect to be able to manipulate this weak man to his whims, and that's terrifying. Milady, uh, the stuff that astounds me the most is uh, I watched in the 1 o'clock top-of-the-hour profile on Fox News today, which were the Benghazi emails from Hillary. Nobody mm-hmm. cares. And then it's the not Putin stuff, nobody cares. And the joint... Uh, Russian, uh, uh, you know, Russia, uh, uh, Sino uh, 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 exercises in the South China mm-hmm. Sea. Nobody cares. And th- the fact is, we just don't care anymore. I mean, our, our citizens don't care. And uh, I think Putin knows this. And if I were Putin, I mean, among the stories today, Jen, that I heard, uh, you too, uh, w- w- included that somebody, and we almost certainly know it's Russia, hacked in to at least two and probably several more states' voting machines and voter records of our states, which means on voting night, they can override what the actual election numbers are, and Russia can make president whomever it wants. That's sorry. I know it's melodramatic, but that's the way it appears to be. And if they can do that, and if you were Putin, wouldn't you want Trump? If I were Putin, I would want the one that gives me the most for me. 
And that could be either, depending on what talks we have nothing to do with. Well, the worst thing about Hillary is she knows she's stupid on foreign policy. Uh, I know she was, you know, you know, I know, I know, I know who she was. I know her. She's stupid on this stuff. When it comes to foreign policy, it's going to be a room full of the Joint Chiefs of Staff. Them, I trust. What I want, what I want as I get older in life is I want a military junta ruling my country. I want protection. And I know in a room when there's trouble, there will be Hillary Clinton and then there will be all men, all big, tough men that shave four times a day and have deep voices and have been in bar fights and have ribbons on their chest that shows they fought for their lives and gave parts of their body up on body battlefields for this country. And when it comes down to Russia's doing this, China's doing this, Iran is doing this, I want a bunch of great big Marine men in the room to say, well, by God, then we're going to do this. This is Jay Febron on the Blaze Radio Network. On the Blaze Radio Network. Welcome back, guys. Thank you, Lady Jen. Uh, and uh, I can explain all that if you uh, don't know. Eric is on the line. Thank you for your patience. Oh, not a problem, Jay. Uh, thanks so much for squeezing me in here at the end. Before I get to my Pleasure. brief point, oh, absolutely. Before I get to my brief point, I am a first-time caller, long-time listener, so long in Wow, fact, thank you. So you just got in, so pal. Well, I've been listening. I remember so long, in fact, I remember car rides home from kindergarten circa 1999-2000 when I grew up in Boston with my dad listening Whoa. to Wait, the wait, car. hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Amuse him. Were, Amuse Eric for a second. Hold, oh, wait, well, no, you, wait, wait, don't go anywhere, wait. Wait, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Let me see. I got, I've got to manipulate this thing, and it's not easy for me. Okay, does this uh, does this uh, ring a bell? Yes, Jay, Jay, I'm not kidding you right now. I have this song on my iPod playlist, and it came on when I was driving home from work about two weeks ago, and. I Googled you, Give and I second. found your show on the place. Okay. Collected I just wanted to heavy. make sure. That's, 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 I, I just get, I'm going to weep. I, I don't know how to stop it either. Okay. Jay, Jay, I'm telling you yes. right now, I, I have heard that intro countless times, countless hours in the car with my dad up in Boston. Growing up from probably when I was five years old to maybe like 2006 or something. I don't know exactly when it was. Thank you. Thank but you. But that song, that song came on my iPod. I, I'm not kidding you. And it, and it inspired me last week 
Last week, I've been separated from you for the past 10 years. I'm 22 years old. Um, you know, I've been separated from you for the last past 10 years. It's, it's an honor to be on your show. It's an honor to get to talk to you. I've been waiting to this day for a very, it's very long time. It's an honor to have you here. And as I say, so, um, you just made it. Because if you had called Monday, yeah, I wouldn't be here. Okay, ten. Uh, sounds good. Now, um, does it? <laughs> does you? How about that? <laughs> well, how about well, what? No, okay. Yeah. Well, I no. won't. I won't be. I won't be driving home from work. I'll. I'll be. I'll be out on the beach somewhere, probably with my girlfriend, enjoying a hopefully a beautiful day down here. But. Uh, well, you, um, you, you never, you never know. Mine might be the same fate. Given, yeah. My fate. Well, but I was gonna, go I was gonna ask you, I was gonna ask you how you were feeling, but everybody else before me seemed to have taken care of that, and I really hope you get speedy recovery. Know, I'm, you know what? I, yeah, I've lived a hard life. I, you know, I'm reaping yeah. what I've sown. I was five yeah. years ago. I was climbing mountains all over Europe, and mm-hmm. uh, I spent the last five years in operating rooms having knees and shoulders and feet reconstructed. I drove a rail through my left foot uh, in Europe. Uh, They thought I was going to lose the foot. They had to go in and take out all the parts, the bits of the rail, and they still haven't found it. So I limp on my left foot like I'm I'm 90 years old. That's what you do. That's what you pay. You pay. But you know what? I know what it's like to wake up at 3 o'clock in the morning when it's totally light at the top of the tallest point in Iceland and get out of my sleeping bag and walk around and look at the top of the world. And you know what? I'll limp for that. I find that absolutely spectacular. And I hope that the fact that this little kid from Boston who remembers you when he was a child, you know, decided to call on your show. I hope that's a little glimmer of glimmer of you know hope for you and you know make you a little happy it means a great deal to me you mean a great deal to me on the blaze radio Radio Network. network